You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. I'm Coach Ben, and this is The Benchcast, the podcast where we talk benching and various subjects. Uh, I posted up the other day on Instagram Live what people would like to hear as a topic and I would like to get some more feedback so if anyone wants to drop comments or you're listening to this you can shoot me an email um, coachben at bigbenches.com uh, anything that you would like to hear us cover because I am uh, brainstorming up a new list of podcast ideas but obviously you are the listeners so whatever would help you best um, is what I'm going to do so whatever you'd like to hear about uh, I'd like to record so if you could give me your feedback on that, that would be awesome. I would like to involve the listeners here and uh, deliver some content that you would like to hear. Today we have training the triceps. You know, We're going to talk about the role the tricep plays in the bench press, uh, how they get underutilized at times, uh, the best bang for your buck in terms of training your triceps, what exercises are going to get the job done and really impact your bench press in a big way. Uh, so we got a lot to cover here. Um, we are redoing a episode. We did this episode. Unfortunately, the file got corrupt, so we're going to go over it again for you. Um, Back at it never, again. Yeah, never ended up. So it'll be our second take. Um, so I'm hoping the second take is as good as the first take. Usually it is. That's usually the case. You know, we always I get I go about 20 take on my videos. So that was <laughs> better. We cut in a promo. Sometimes it takes me about 20 times. So. 20th time's the charm. Luckily, this is the second time, so we're going to get it done. Uh, it was really good the first time if you watched on Instagram with us. Uh, it was a, I thought it was a really good podcast, covered a lot of good stuff. So uh, we're going to go at it again. Uh, just ate some sushi. I got some coffee here for the working man. Sip of coffee for the working man. Listen, coffee and sushi just sound like a great mix. That's uh, interesting. Two things you, you really like, too. I'm surprised. You like coffee, you like sushi. Well, both. I'm good separating them. <laughs> That's why I don't ask you for coffee at the end of your sushi. Just keep that green tea rolling. So, um, yeah, I got my coffee. You know the deals, guys. If you post up a coffee emoji, someone says, sip of coffee for the working man or whatever, we got a sip. So everyone watching, listening, if someone hits us with that coffee emoji... We got a sip of coffee for the working man. Or you can sip whatever you got. It looks like Elvis here, small arm, big ass knee, has a peach mango body armor. Those things have really taken off, those body armors. Yeah. I see those everywhere. They're delicious. But last I I knew, they didn't they spell it armor like with a U or has it always been armor? I've like uh that? I've only seen it O R. So um, then I'm mistaken. Body armor light. What's the light version? Uh just less sugar. It's oh, like I was there's Gatorade, then there's Gatorade Light. I got you. Yeah, they're, they're good. That's taken off. I think Kobe Bryant brought them or something. Kobe Bryant there. I know uh, Robert Obrist was talking about it on the Joe Rogan podcast. What, how he drinks those? Yeah. He's a big fan? Big fan. I, th- I think uh, Kobe Bryant, if I'm not mistaken, bought that bought a good share of it, and it kind of took off from there, too. Um, <laughs> good to have a high-profile athlete behind it. But... Um, yeah, sip of coffee for the working man, guys. Let me hit you real quick before we start. 
Uh, got some espresso. Last time we filmed this, I did not have espresso, so that is going to be the difference in the quality of the podcast here. Um, so, roll the triceps in the bench press. All right, what are the triceps going to do for us? It's going to carry a lift to lockout. Yeah, I think everyone has a good idea of that. I don't think that's new knowledge to anyone. Uh, roll the triceps is going to be to carry us through to lockout. Uh, the initial press off the chest isn't predominantly triceps. Uh, the triceps come in, in via you locking out your elbows, so that elbow extension. That's like the prime role of the triceps. Um, the triceps also aids in other things, uh, shoulder uh, extension, I believe. It'll aid in as well uh, for that long head of the tricep. But um, majority of the triceps are going to work to lock out the elbows. So that's the main primary thing in the bench press here. Is, is going to carry us through the lockout. But what most people end up doing is pressing off the, the chest with their chest and then um, locking out more with their shoulders than anything. So triceps are in play, but they end up pressing predominantly with their chest and shoulders. So one of my big coaching cues here is when you're bench pressing, try to feel it more lats tries than it is chest shoulders. And I think uh, once you make that connection, it comes rather easy. Like you understand it a little bit better because you can feel that you're kind of pressing in your chest and your shoulders. But once you get it down and you're really loading the back, you're really pretty much springboarding off the chest with your lats. And you can actually feel that uh, if you think press away from the bar rather than the bar away from you, you actually feel like you're getting that spring with the lats. So that's really initially what's giving you the biggest pop off the chest. And then from there, if you do a good job of keeping your upper back retracted, uh, you are going to finish with the triceps. So all it is from there is just elbow extension. As long as you keep your shoulders packed down in a good position. Unfortunately, what happens majority of the time is lifters will press majority with their chest in that position because they're not really activating their back well. And then because they, they never had it to begin with or they lose it, they end up pressing through their shoulders and that bar starts to flare back. You see elbow flare, things like that. Um, so they completely miss the ball on really getting the most out of their tries. Um, who is going to feel this most probably equipped lifter would have to be real proficient at this uh, triceps are going to take a forefront for an equipped lifter so if you happen to lift in a bench shirt listening to this uh, all this stuff is going to benefit you highly especially the stuff we're talking about for secondary movements if you're a raw bencher the thing is most raw benchers think that they uh, need more tricep work but in reality uh, they probably just need to increase or do better positioning and build up more strength off the chest because what happens is um, they over rely on that heaving, that momentum based lifting. Um, you see that a lot, right? Elvis at the gym, uh, people trying to heave that weight up. Trying to get that bounce off the chest. Yeah, you see the, the sink and then that heave up. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that'll get you going. So it helps you off the chest but you're not going to have any substance underneath it to really carry it through or it's going to be really heavy on the triceps and it's just going to be an impossible position to really press through so you end up thinking that you need more tricep strength when you really just need to increase your positioning a bit kind of like in the deadlift when you're rounded over a lot it, of course it's going to be harder to lock it out um 
if you were to increase your positioning, it's going to change what you need to do off the floor to get the, the bar moving. It's going to be a lot more posterior chain than it is um, you being able to lift with your back and the quads and whatnot. Um, but you're going to have a much smoother lockout. So it's kind of the same thing in relation to the bench. If you increase your positioning and strength of the chest, um, triceps all of a sudden not going to be an issue for you. It's just you had to make that switch. Uh, it is going to be a little bit of a step back. I was actually talking to someone the other day about that. They were saying how they tried to go to that more controlled type of bench, but they weren't feeling as strong. And that's usually what I'll have to warn, warn lifters about is that you're not going to feel as strong off the bat because you have to develop that, and it's going to take some time. Um, you have to get it down, a lot of technique with the back. You have to get that feel, um, and then... You know, it's going to take some time to build that up. So that's why I recommend a lot of pause work, like five-second pauses at the extreme. Like just live down there in that bottom range and just work on getting tight. Uh, that's where you need to spend your time mostly, especially as a raw lifter. Uh, when I switched over from predominantly pressing equipped to the raw cycle I did earlier this year, it was just a lot of stuff off the chest, a lot of pausing, dead press. I added in pauses off the off the rails there, and um, it was just a lot of staying down at chest level. And in turn, uh, it actually it helped a ton. I was getting a ton of spring off my chest, and it was actually got final carry through, which was getting a little difficult. Um, but yeah, that I really built that up. And that's what you got to focus on as a raw bencher is that time down to bottom position. Um, but yeah, don't make that mistake because I just want to touch on that early because uh, I don't want everyone thinking that they need to slam their triceps when they probably just need to change their positioning and whatnot because as I've done, um, we did a podcast in the past and we've done some videos on this, uh, that's a common thing with raw benchers. So triceps, I'd say for a raw bencher, you have more benefit training your, your uh, back and um probably your shoulders as well for stability and whatnot but as an equip lifter triceps um is going to be a much bigger thing but as a raw bencher i don't think it's the end all be all um of your training i think you'll get more out of doing some back work and um you're just doing the bench in general everyone's doing these partial ranges but i think just going through the full range training your back and whatnot i think you get some more value out of that uh so we're going to move on here to the actual uh, bread and butter here of tricep work, which is your secondary moves, and we'll touch on a little bit what the secondary moves are. But first off, sip of coffee for the working man, and then a message from our sponsors. Damn good. Uh, we don't have any sponsors, so that was a quick word, but I'm going to give you a little word about our VIP membership. I'll drop a little line here for you. If anyone has any questions listening in live, you can drop down below now. Um, VIP membership. All right. Uh, very low cost investment, $9.99 per month. You are going to receive free program templates available through our VIP content folder. We deliver uh, multiple times a week exclusive content on squatting, deadlifting, uh, miscellaneous content, uh, just everything training that you wouldn't see on our profile or on our youtube uh which is strictly benching you're going to get it all as a vip member you're going to save um a discount on the site 15 percent off the entire bigbenches.com so you can pick up your wraps um 
whatever you need. If you want a new shirt, 50% off for your duration of your, your membership. Uh, you will also receive 50% off our new online course, which I will touch on further down the podcast. But VIP members, um, they are the first to get all those savings and see those savings and uh, get discounts to our clinics, um, this and that. So it's a really great thing to to join. That's where our team uh, posts and, and comments with each other. That's where our team lives. So uh, would love to see anyone who's interested become a part of our VIP membership group. All you need to do, again, bigbenches.com, and there is a tab for the VIP membership. You can see more benefits there, uh, and I would love to see you sign up and join our team. So we got uh, two questions. couple questions filing in. One from Illmatic Power. When does the chest muscles play a role in the bench? Um, so I don't want to downplay the role of the chest. Obviously, off the chest is when that's going to play a big role. But um, I would prioritize your back strength more because truly that is where that launch off the chest is going to come from. Once you learn uh, at least what I coach, and um, you're going to feel how different it is. You're actually not going to feel your chest too much. You'll feel your chest more on like feet up variations things that are going to take you through an extended range, something like a range you don't normally go through. Uh, but other than that, you're really not going to feel uh, your chest too much. Like you probably get some soreness doing some volume stuff, but you're really going to be working your back to a high degree. We have one of our athletes, Adam, who's highly technical. So he's a good example. He's a highly technical lifter. Um, it's off-season phase for him. So we're doing a lot of volume, sets of 8, sets of 10, things like that, feet up. And... Um, he told me the other day, I was asking him just where he's feeling soreness in general and, and checking in with him there. And he told me that right now his upper back and his lats are completely fried most of the time doing his training. Um, and his chest and his, or his shoulders, his triceps and stuff aren't really feeling as sore. Um, but I'm okay with that. I'm glad that he says that because that's really where that bottom position lies is what you're doing with your back. So I'm glad he's feeling a lot of activation there, working really hard there. Um, and then he's not really feeling as much in his chest. So to quickly answer that, uh, obviously chest does play a role, so it's not to downplay it, but I don't think direct chest work like doing um, flies or dumbbell work, I don't think it is as necessary as learning how to bench with your back and building up that upper back strength. Then we got one from Ryan, 6F7. When benching raw, I have a problem lowering the bar too slowly. The heavier the weight, the slower the descent. I think I blow a lot of energy, but can't seem to get a faster descent. Any tips on that? Uh, so what I recommend is probably happening because usually when I see this, it's because you're controlling through the arms and not the, the lats. What I'd uh, offer you to take a look at is some of our stuff. You search big benches, upper back on YouTube. You'll get a lot of posts on like how to control the upper back and how to load into the lats. Um, but there's probably an exchange issue. I don't know if you're benching at a commercial gym bench. I mean, it already puts you at a huge disadvantage. But during that takeout, make sure you're not chasing the bar because even if you do have a good setup, that will immediately put you right back into your shoulders. Um, and then traditionally lowering it really slow like that is, is because you're not in a real good controlled position with your lats. Uh, so what I would say to you is uh, try some false grip benching. That helps as well because it takes away some control from your arms. 
Um, due to false grip bench, and what I like to do is I'll squeeze the bar with my four fingers, but I'll leave that thumb just out a bit, um, not really squeezing with the thumb, but it creates like a false grip type of feel where you can load your lats a little bit easier. Uh, and then what I would say to you for training uh, would be to not not do anything real slow. So I would do like some uh, Thompson-style Spoto presses, Thompson-style T-shirt presses, whatever you want to call it. That's simply quickly descending with the bar. You have to use pretty lightweight, but quickly descending down to the chest, almost in an uncontrolled manner, um, trying to control the best you can, coming to a complete dead stop, like you would hit a brick wall right above your chest, and then pressing from there. <clears throat> All right, uh, and then also what I would offer you is to do some speed work too, and just work on a quicker descent. Uh, but really, it's going to come down to probably feeling that control more into your back than anything, and then you'll become more comfortable getting that bar down quicker because you can stop it. Usually, because the weight's heavier, uh, more momentum coming down, it's going to be harder to stop. But when you have good control with your back, it's going to be very easy to stop weight, no matter how heavy it is. Then we got another one. Uh, I used to bench mid-grip, and after a switch to wide-grip, my bench jumped tremendously. Why would that happen? What's that again? Switch from what to what? From mid-grip to wide-grip. Uh, jump tremendously. Well, it could be that you were just really built up in chest, shoulders, and everything that encompasses wide-grip. But one of the biggest things with that is now you're going through a smaller range of motion. And that's usually going to be big for anyone. But if you are already kind of strong with your chest and your shoulders, uh, you're going to probably get a huge jump with that because you're going to be pressing a lot less range. Uh, you got to think the distance you're pressing too. And if you are a little bit weak in your triceps or getting that spring off the chest, that wide grip is going to play right into your strength. So that's probably what happened there. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't get stronger with the closer grip and i'd offer you to train that quite a bit too especially when you're out from a meet train that closer grip train that harder variation and then as you get closer to the meet go into that wider grip something that you're obviously doing a lot better with right now all right anything else jumping in that's it for now all right guys this is exciting we're going into the bang for your buck movements we're talking these are things you can use as a main movement uh, and secondary work and what that is secondary work yeah, obviously our main movement if it's a bench day we're benching we're doing some sort of a bench variation secondary movement is really just if you were doing your traditional bench press it's just going to be something that is a bench press but it's going to have a variation to it whether that's in your grip taking your feet out of play you know longer pause adding boards pressing off the floor doing a multi-grip bar you know these are all things that count as a secondary movement because they're still a bench press they're just changed around so that you're targeting something else now you're targeting the triceps so these are tricep uh targeted secondary movements here uh, and then we'll get to accessories later which are going to be more isolation movements things of that nature all right so the kick it off here and if you want to add anything there, small arm, big ass knee. His knee's so big, can't fit it underneath the table. Um, you can add, add in whatever you think here. I had to get like triple XL knee sleeves. Yeah, unreal. Guys, I'm not joking around when I say you guys have big ass knees. It's the biggest knees in the game. Monster knees, like from the Dino Age. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just happy that my calves are all so big. Because if my calves were small and I had a big knee, it would just, oh, God. You know when people say they're big-boned? Well, he's actually really big-boned. 
and I wish you could see it. It's, it's, his, in, his knees measure about two inches wider than any other person's knees, and I've measured them. It's unreal, unreal. Um, all right, so let's start off with close grip benching. I think that one's pretty obvious for people, and this one's also a great option for a raw bencher because uh, it's going to allow you to travel a full range of motion, and even fuller range of motion. So close grip bench offers a ton of benefits. Um, like I said, I'd probably use this variation more so with raw benchers than I would sure to benchers. And predominantly our team is um, you know, encompassed by raw benchers, um, you know, full power lifters, but everyone's pretty, uh, like majority are raw. Um, we do have quite a few quip lifters as well, but uh, majority of raw benchers. So this is something that I have in the programming a lot, especially in the off season, even for our quip lifters. Uh, just because even with a quit lifters far out from a meet, I still want them training raw. I still want them training uh, down to chest level. So we use close grip benching quite often. It's a great way, especially if you need to build up your triceps and you know that for a fact that your positioning, your technique is good. Um, like I said, uh, aforementioned athlete Adam uh, on our team, he's very, very technical. And uh, he gets a lot out of the feet up benching going through a fuller range it challenges them a lot more because he has the technique down well um, but it's going to hit on certain weak points there take him through a harder variation to build up so he gets a lot out of that um, and it's going to help you more if you're you get if you get good at your back activation it's going to help you even more um, so close grip benching a little tip i like with the close grip benching and we're either going to do it for strength, so there will be times where I throw in a bands on a close grip bench. Had our athlete Brandon benching uh, against band tension, close grip, and we were going for, for the most weight he could lift. So obviously he's going to try to keep the same bar path and technique we normally would. Uh, but with close grip benching, for someone who's doing reps, if we're doing sets of 10 or whatever, um, I'll actually tell them to press that bar like straight up or even almost away from themselves because if you do that, you're going to feel a lot more activation on your triceps. It's going to keep the bar further out. Um, it's going to be all elbow extension to really get that final lockout. I wouldn't recommend that for lifting the most weight possible, but at this time, at off-season, when we're working reps with close grip benching as a main movement, uh, that's a time when we're going to want to just prioritize what we're training, not necessarily weight on the bar. So uh, that's a little tip with the close grip benching. I'm a big fan of uh, close grip board pressing too. Close grip board pressing. Yeah, and you'll see um, the next three are going to be things that for an equipped lifter like myself too, uh, I keep in rotation. And they're partial ranges. And you got to think close grip is pretty much just, it's one variation of, of these things. So uh, adjusting your grip is one way to completely change what you get out of a movement. Like with your stance on a, on a squat or a deadlift, uh, right, it's going to completely change really what you're doing. So if you're a highly advanced lifter, you might want to keep highly specific to what you're doing uh, and just change the grip a little bit um, or change things very minor. So that's a good point. Uh, this is just one of those variations you can spin on anything. Um, so board press and pin press and floor press, and you can use a close grip with all of them. Um, the thing you got to be careful with with close grip, not going too close. And what I mean by too close is your hands actually coming inside your shoulders. I don't usually recommend that. You see, um, you're watching, you can kind of see what I'm doing, but hands tucked in real close here. And then it's just that total elbow extension there. You handle a lot of weight like that, that's going to tend to beat you up in the elbow joint and uh, in the shoulders. 
So I always recommend keeping good alignment so that I mean your elbows are going to be tucked in a lot closer to your side. You will have a closer grip, but your wrists are never inside your elbows like that or in your shoulders. Your hands should not be touching each other, and in general, they shouldn't be in the smooth part of the barbell. Yeah, I rarely would you ever see them in the smooth or else your body's small enough to fit in that section, <laughs> which hopefully is not the case if you're a lifter. <laughs> maybe if you're uh, unless you're under 100 pounds and some lady under 100 pounds maybe benching pre-puberty you know yeah they're definitely not hands touching yeah I can't imagine that oh I've seen it I don't know who the hell is that small that would be bad oh he's not a small guy <laughs> he's the guy who uh, you know maxed out his bench press before coming into uh, oh yeah no, your I've house seen, for the board uh, I've seen plenty of the hands touching kind of thing that's not good that guy you gotta <laughs> tell him Sip of coffee for the working man. Everyone's got a drink now, whatever you got. All right, so uh, we covered close grip benching, board pressing, which all of us just alluded to here. Um, the next three in rotation, my bread and butters. I'll stick with these three. I'll add bands, chains, grips. Uh, I'll do all kinds of different stuff with them. Uh, but these are pretty much the essentials that I'll do, uh, starting with board pressing. Love board pressing. Um, you know, having the boards there, you can keep a normal groove for the most part. Uh, sometimes a little hard for people. I find boards themselves coming down with a bar to a board is a lot easier than having like a block on the bar because then you see this, if you're a bar watcher like me, uh, you're seeing this block come down to your chest, really hard to judge where you need to be. Um, so when I can, I'm always a fan of using regular boards. Obviously, when you're training alone, a tool like the bench block is going to be enormously beneficial. Um, and you can use code BIGBENCHES10. If you go to Bench Block's website, it works there. Uh, BIGBENCHES10. Get yourself some of those bench blocks. Um, but they have now one board and a half board and one block. And then everything from a two to a now a five board in the block. So very variable depending on uh, your range of motion. But... Board pressing, bread and butter, love doing it, add bands to it, nothing better than a nice close grip board press with bands, that'll smoke you, if that's a true tricep weakness, mid-range, put that the board mid-range, the band tension kicks in right in your weak spot, oh, that one's a kicker, that one's on one of them, when people come in the bench with us, that's one I throw everyone on. That one's brutal. Yeah, that's the one I everyone's got to feel. I mean, even if you're good, it's tough. But especially if it's a weak point, it's tough. I've seen a lot of people burn out bad with that one. Uh, pin pressing. Pin pressing is simply the bar is on, on the racks, of the, the pins of the rack, power rack, and uh, you are pressing off them. Pin pressing offers a unique advantage because you have to get tight initially under the weight without having that eccentric portion so it's not like a board press in that regard um it's way more highly technical um you have to really be pinpoint with where you're placing the bar because that bar needs to be wherever you end up doing it. if it's mid-range off the chest is it a dead press uh you have to be right on that spot in the range of motion like that uh, where the bar is, it has to be exact spot, or else you're going to end up either initially sliding up or down until you get into that groove. So it's very highly technical on where you place the bar, how you get tight under the bar, and then the bar path you take, pressing the bar backwards. So 
pin press is going to nail all those things for you. It's going to help you get tighter. It's going to help you be more aware of where the bar needs to be uh, in that entire range of motion. I got another question for you. Yep. From Ryan6F7. I'd be interesting in hearing on your thoughts on the Bench Freak shirt after trying it. Um, yeah, it's still kind of early for me to um, to give a good um, representation because I got to try it some more. But I am working in it today. Uh, you know I love the Bench Freak band. I like the Bench Freak shirt a lot. Um, I think it's Great for newer lifters. Um, the uh, the only thing I'd say right now, initially, from what I'm thinking, and I, I have to, of course, bench in it more, but um, that center plate, and he's referring to a bench tool. This is like a new bench shirt out there that's more like a slingshot um, sewn into a shirt type of deal. So it's a lot more friendly for someone learning out um, how to groove in that shirted groove. Like it, it's very easy for someone to come in and, and initially start to get that down more. Um, there's a lot of layers to it. The hardest part with it is you literally need like two people to push your hand out if you're on the three setting. Um, so you can even get your hand on the bar. Oh, and so then, there's still settings in the shirt itself. Yes. Yes. There's three different ones. You can go in three different bands, uh, one band, two band or three band. The three band is very, very difficult to, um, spread, uh, the chest plate is like five things layered in, um, but it doesn't stretch. So it's not like you're getting a stretch in the chest plate, which I'm not really used to. All the stretch is really predominantly happening with your sleeves. So um, with a standard bench shirt, you know, your chest plate's going to stretch over you as well. But I'm not really getting that with this, so it's a little bit different. Um, so I'm playing around with it. I need more time. But, um, yeah, the hardest part is literally just getting your hands on the damn bar. Um, so you need someone to really slam you out there and then... Because you just want to snap right back in. So that's really tough. And that makes the takeout really tough. So obviously there's, there's going to be some technique to it that I'm going to have to get down. But uh, overall, I think it's awesome for someone getting into it. And comparing it to something like the Bench Daddy, I think it is far superior. Um, but, you know, every it's the Bench Daddy, you got to be a high groove. I mean, there's differences with everything. But um, I, think it's, I think it's something worth getting, especially if you're starting out. Because it's going to be a fantastic tool. Um, because of those layers, you can get into something that's a little easier. You can progress up to something that's a lot harder. So uh, it's very variable. So hopefully that answers that. Uh, we got um, pin press, and I talked about that. Uh, usually I'll do that with close grip. I'll do that either for, um, you know, we'll go up to a heavy single or we'll do reps with it. Usually we're in the five rep range. Uh, or I can use it as burnout and do it after for like sets of whatever AMRAP usually going about 15, 20. Um, floor pressing, another partial range movement. Usually I'll use a close grip with this. I like to use chains with the floor press uh, just because it's easier to set up than bands off the floor, which would be really kind of tough to do. Um, if you're set up, what I really want to do is use bands with the floor press because I got now the rack with the band attachments. So that would be interesting to do with, with some band tension. Uh, but usually I use chains for the floor press. Um, and floor press is great too. Uh, again, another partial range. I like to do close grip whip. And that pretty much encompasses my bread and butter um, secondary cycle, board pressing, pin pressing, floor pressing. You know, there's no real specific time that I like to use each. Usually I'll stick to board pressing closer to the meat, but these are your bread and butters for really building up your triceps. These are going to get the job done. 
Um, and then you can also throw in something like a multi-bar variant. So like a Swiss bar, a football bar, whatever. When you're using a neutral grip, you can use that as well. Uh, you could board press with that. I've board pressed with a multi-grip bar. Uh, I've done it off the chest. Uh, and then it just gives you a little bit of a different variation to it, kind of like a close grip. So that all is that's that's what i call your bang for your buck so if you're going to hit tricep work this is where you're going to get the majority of your strength from accessories don't get me wrong they play a huge role especially in hypertrophy of the actual muscle but in terms of getting strong and really best bang for your buck in terms of how it relates to the main movement can't beat these can't beat them um and last time we did this small arm big ass knee uh, his knee's actually larger than his arm size. Uh, he brought up the board gauntlet. And um, I think that that's good to touch on too. Uh, that's just a fun way of ending out a bench workout to really fry the tries. We did that the other day. And it's similar to if you ever done like 21s for crazy 8s for your biceps. Yeah. Something fun like that. Yeah, it's a fun variation. Uh, it gives you a new challenge. You use very lightweight with it. You select a rep range, 5 to 8 or whatever. And... Um, you just go at it. So you can either pyramid up the boards. I think the other day we started high board, went down to about chest level. So we went three board, two board, one board, chest level, and then we climbed back up. But you can see it's just a lot of reps, a lot of volume, and then so much partial range work in different ranges um, that you're really smoking the tries. So that's a really good burnout. Uh, but those are all great bang for your buck movements in terms of training the tries. So that's what I would stick to majority. And it's great if you have a training partner, get some friendly competition in there. Yeah, nothing nothing like a good board gauntlet at the end to, to burn out a workout, especially with the same weight. Um, because it's also a new challenge, too, because so not the strongest guy is going to win because it comes down to endurance there as well. So uh, that's, that's a great way to end it. End of the day, only one can be champion of the gauntlet. Yeah, and then if you get a tie, you, know, you got to find someone to lose. So you got to keep going. You got to <laughs> do it again. I don't know. Um, so. We're moving on to our last portion here, which is going to be accessories. And we got a lot to touch on here before we do sip a coffee at a work, man. And a word from our sponsors. Uh, sticking with that grow juice. All right, we do not have any sponsors. So <laughs> going into our next uh, promo here, uh, I want to tell you guys about the online course. This is our biggest offering yet. Like I said, if you're a VIP member, you get this 50% off. Um but if you are someone who's looking for the extra help, needs that technical press help, wants a program to get stronger, something to add structure to your training, all right, maybe you cannot invest right now in our online coaching program, our top tier option, um, which can be a bit of an investment. The online course is something we put everything into. So six modules here about it, you know, it starts off trying to break old habits. Um, then we go into the setup, the takeout, uh, the press itself. We put it all together. There's a ton of content in there. It's all step-by-step, step, so it's all filmed in an order for you to learn and get down. So it's not just a bunch of random videos thrown at you. It's specifically laid out so that you work on this, work on this, work on this, and it all kind of gets laid together in an orderly fashion. comes with a six-week bench program, so it's going to add structure to your program. Um, this program is, is average gain about 15 pounds 
Uh, we've seen as much as 30 pounds gain on this program. It's a really good one, uh, which I always continually um, promote it and use it in various things because it has worked so well for everyone. So you're going to receive that as well. Um, you have over 40-plus videos in there. There's hours of content. So, guys, you can get to this program on bigbenches.com. We have a separate tab for that as well. So you'll see one for the VIP membership. You'll see one for the online course. Uh, one click, go right to it. How much is this? It's very cost efficient. It's a one-time payment of $99 or three payments of $33. You decide how you want to split that up. Um, and like I said, 50% off if you're a VIP member. So you will receive it. That's right, $50. So very cost efficient. That's a word on our online course, a great way to get involved with the team uh, and to improve your technique, get stronger on the bench. All right, guys, we are moving on to accessories. These are going to be the, the squash to the plate. These are going to be the snap peas. All right, these are going to be, what's another good, what's a nice Thanksgiving thing? Biscuits. These are your biscuits. What else we got? This is your uh, side of cornbread. This is a little bit of cornbread. You get a little bit of corn, corn on the cob. All right? A tricep pushdown. It's like having the extra carrots. All right? Butternut squash right here. All right? So this isn't our big turkey leg. All right? We talked about our turkey legs. We talked about our mashed potatoes. Talked about it. our stuffing. Yes, yeah, stuffing, mashed potatoes. All your go-tos. Those are the only things I eat. I don't mess with the accessories. Um, <laughs> but these are our snap peas, whatever the hell right here, all right? So they they matter. They fill your belly. They're good. But they aren't your turkey legs, all right? They're not your mashed potatoes, all right? We already talked about the mashed potatoes, guys, all right? But right now we're going to talk about the carrots, okay? They're still good. They make them good. My mama makes a really good butter butter carrot there. I'll eat that. One the, of the things I'll eat. The chocolate pie to wash down the turkey. This is the chocolate pie. That's good. You come up with that or someone else? Forge barbell all the way. That's great. Chocolate pie, chocolate cream pie. I'm all about the cream pie, uh, banana cream pie. But, yeah, you're right. Walshler's Throws good. says turkey gravy. I think turkey gravy is the board press. Almost essential. Turkey great, yeah, I'm, I got to be with you there. I mean, you can't, I mean, you could go home on uh, the potatoes. You can go to town on that without gravy, I think, if they're well-made. But uh, you're going to need gravy. That's like a Thanksgiving classic. I'd say uh, probably multi-bar attachment is more your gravy on top of what you're doing with your with your turkey leg there. So uh, going close grip on your floor press is like adding that gravy into your potato <laughs> volcano. Um, so now that we're on to accessories here. I'm going to start out with my favorite. So, that would be the tricep pushdown. All right, this is my go-to. Real easy. A lot of different attachments to do. You're just pushing that shit down. Real easy setup. Bang, bang. All right, can't go wrong with a tricep pushdown. Single joint movement, hopefully. Hopefully it doesn't turn into a multi-joint movement where you're flailing around. But... I love it because lots of different attachments, like I said. I'm going to talk about some of those. I'm talking about my favorite attachment first, the spreader bar. Yes, I do think it's way overpriced. But from Elite FTS, if you can get your hands on a spreader bar, <coughs> oh, man, does that change the game. All right, nice, smooth, fluid, unreal. That was unreal. We got a spam wrist call. I get these like eight times a day. It's unreal, guys. I was just trying oh to stop God, it. Oh, my God, it won't even... You're going to take us off the live. Jesus Christ. I can't press it. That's it. 
they got me. <laughs> but man, I get these calls like ten times a day, freaking spammers. But luckily, they're telling me the spammers. I don't answer my phone, regardless, so it doesn't really matter to me. But um, there's a lot of phone call shit going on awesome. where they try and take your money and stuff. I had to like screen calls again. I feel like it's like early two thousands. I had to like listen to the you message. You get it a lot, right? Decide if I want to call it back. Yeah, it's it's like automated shit. Listen, auto, these automated calls, they're the candy corn of life. And it's unreal. And they're they're good at taking un uh, people that don't know what the hell's going on. They're the it's, loose candy corn of life. It's unreal. Gross. Unreal. Throw so we almost out. we got spammed on the bench cast. I can't <sighs> believe that. It's unreal. I should call them back, put them on the phone. Next time they call, we're putting them on. All right. Tricep pushdown, the spreader bar. Spreader bar is awesome because you get that spread at the bottom like you get with an X-band. Um, you get a great pushdown feel like you get with the rope. You pair them together. Spreader bar. Can't beat it. Great attachment. It's like $170, though. So do I think it's necessary for that amount? No. If you have the extra to spend, well worth it. If your gym happens to have that money to spend... Yeah, awesome. it's it's awesome tool, but it's I looked it up. It's a shit ton, you know. It's a shit ton, and I'd rather just do an X band extension. To be honest with you, I think that works just as good. I ain't gonna pay 170 bucks for a stupid attachment. Um, although it's, it's good, it's good if you got it, but you don't need it. If you have the money to throw around, <laughs> the convenience is nice. I just don't think it's worth the value. I don't think the value that is priced that is worth it. Where, it's like in Shark Tank. You over, you did your your business is overproduced there. Too much. Where would you price it at? That would you think would be a fair price? If I had to price the spreader bar, uh, top end, I could see myself maybe getting it for just under a hundred. All right. Where I think it would be better. 70 to 80 for something like that and you can't tell me that it's it's definitely cheap they make it cheap you can't tell me that it's more expensive to make than that they're probably making bang profit off of that bar there's not too much to it um but yeah i would say 70 to 80 would be fair 170 is a little out there that you could buy a whole new bar you could buy a barbell for that now 170 is a lot it's a big investment yeah, I, I, not for attachment, no way. But it is nice. It's nice. <laughs> but you got to try it. Um, probably you don't know what I'm talking about. I think it's rather new. So um, spreader bar, though, really good. Rope, classic rope. Can't go wrong with the rope. You can make your own rope. I had a backyard rope once that I threaded through. Worked great. I got a nice rope now. bought a New York barbell. Works great. Um, you know, rope. Bread and butter of the tricep pushdown. See, and now that's the worst part because you can make your own rope attachment for like under $5. Oh, yeah. You could find a rope. Yeah. It's really just something to put through the attachment and push. That's all it is. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't go crazy on a rope for sure. Uh, but it's nice to have a rope that don't fray on you. I've had a frayed rope for a long time. Finally threw that thing out. Kind of took a lot, a lot out of me, though, because I wanted to uh, keep that around, you know, get attached to it. My old frayed rope that I used to push downs on. Um, but, you know, nothing. Uh, the rope's a great push down attachment. You see that LA Fitness, every commercial gym has a rope attachment, hopefully. Um, bread and butter, the tricep push down. X band extension. If you're not familiar with an X band extension, hook up two bands to the top of a rack, cross them over, and do extensions. What that allows you to do is it allows you to get. Uh, fantastic spread on the bottom so like the spread that the spreader bar allows you to get the rope might not quite allow you to get um, you can get really good with that x-band tricep v-bar attachment this is one my buddy showed me 
These are they doing at West Side. Um, you got the V bar like you would do seated rows with the close grip handle there, um, and then you're simply doing push downs. And what that does is it keeps the load out in front of you. So like I said with a close grip bench, how we want to press away. Well, it's not allowing you to really get into your lats pulling the bar in because the rope isn't the cable is now going to stay out in front of you. So you're going to get huge focal point on the triceps especially. Um, so definitely want to use the V-bar attachment if you haven't already. It's going to fry your tries. You know, we should, we should, uh, I'm going to make a shirt out of that. Fry, fries your, fries your tries, right? That's a good one. Strong one. I think that's a good one. Put a little thing that fries your try, fry your try, something like that. Oh, listen, I like it. You got to get like some potatoes in there and we're good. That's it. Fries your try. We'll get a whole Thanksgiving thing going. No one would be good, I think, putting different, if you could get like different exercises, get a Thanksgiving plate, turkey, turkey, potatoes, carrots or whatever and shit and then put the movement in them listen somewhere in here there's what do you think somewhere in here there's an idea that's a great one (laughs) let me write that down before i forget it guys thanksgiving plate shirt that would be great for thanksgiving you you should also write fry your tries when you're there thanksgiving plate shirt and then i'm gonna do fry your tries because i gotta write this stuff down i'm not gonna remember Meanwhile, Walsh Lift Throws does the band pushdowns with blue bands from a company called Serious Steel. What's that again? They, he does a band pushdown with blue bands from a company called Serious Steel. Blue band, yeah. He said they're awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways to hit different triceps, uh, so many attachments. That's why tricep pushdowns, bread and butter. Bread and butter, the accessory world. Rolling dumbbell, oh, I'm sorry, rack pushdown. This is one we came up with. Maybe it's not exactly new, but we're like, hey, let's come up with a freaking tricep variation. That's cool. So uh, me and my buddy, we, my buddy Louis, uh, we, not Louis Simmons, uh, Louis Bond. Close enough though, right? Uh, <laughs> put in a rack, we got a couple the pins there. We put a heavy band on both, both sides. Got in the middle with like um, a PVC pipe or something, and we just pushed down into it. So uh, it's just a great, awesome variation there where you're in the rack and you're just you're extending through band tension, um, and it, it, you get a different feel with it for sure. But uh, it's on our it's on our YouTube. Uh, it's called New Tricep Exercise. If you search New Tricep Exercise Big Benches, it'll pop up in there. Um, I might have put it in as rack push down, but I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> but that's what it is. It's awesome. Try it out. Moving on. Rolling dumbbell extensions from a lying position. All right. That's when you have the dumbbells um, coming back with them and then extending up. Uh, that's one I think we we're touching on the video. If you saw our lace, uh, recent skull crusher video, and you can include skull crushers into these lying extensions as well. Um, you know, the trick with those, if you want to deload a little bit, first off, using bands is an excellent idea with that stuff because in the bottom position, it's going to save your elbows a bit more. But if you don't have bands to do it with or heavy enough bands, the chains, whatever, um, you want to actually you can bring your elbow back a bit, right, and use a little momentum, a little body English to get that bar moving. Not a ton, but just enough that it almost deloads it a little bit, and then it really kicks in at the top, okay? Um, you can include tape presses in there. 
those are great. I'm not going to uh, demonstrate every one for you, but uh, tape presses are great. Neutral grip floor press. That's another unique one when you're down there. Um, that's just using dumbbells going neutral grip, so it hits your tries a little bit harder. Uh, focusing on that extension at the top. A split stance overhead extension. So that's like if you had the rope behind your head, you walk out with it, and then you extend outwards. That's a great one, too. That one gives you a great spread. Um, a dumbbell overhead extension. That's great. That's seated. Right? We have the dumbbell over your head. Um, that one's great at hitting the um, long head of your tricep as well. And you're in that extended position. Great hypertrophy one. Skull crushers we talked about. Close grip push-ups with bands. Uh, push-ups are fantastic. And um, they're even better if you can get make it heavy enough with the bands so that you max out around that 20 rep range. I think you get really good training benefit out of that. Um, most times push-ups, they're great for adding volume, but if you could do like 60 plus of them in a sitting, then you're really not handling high enough intensity worth of push-ups. Uh, so that's why I say add bands or something like that, close grip variation, probably going to be challenging to get 20, 30. So you get more of a nice, um, training effect out of that. Dips. We touched on dips last time. And if you guys know me, you know, I don't do dips. All right. I haven't programmed dips either. Not that uh, you know that I, I might every now and then, but I just stay away from dips entirely. It's not even a movement to me anymore. Um, not because they're bad. Simply because I've seen some shit. Listen, seen some, when you see some people snap their shit up, it gets you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen a lot of Instagram videos. Mostly all a lot of the check, uh, chest uh, pet tears that I've seen. Happen on dips. Um, granted, the athlete gets a little uncontrolled with it, right? And then you see him go down with, with the dip, and then shh, you see that pec roll up. And that's like my worst nightmare, especially as a bencher, seeing that pec roll up. I've, uh, God forbid, I've never been through an injury, so I'm very lucky in that regards. But uh, snapping my pec up is definitely one of those things I'm a little nervous about. So, um, you know, just because I've seen some shit with the dips, I'd rather do something else. You know, not that they're, they're bad at all. You have to be controlled with them. You got to stay upright to really target the triceps. Um, they're a great exercise. Nothing against them, but I'll stay. I'll take. I'll take my cup of tea elsewhere. That's what I'll do. Machines. There's some really good machines that hit your triceps. I'm not against machines, especially if you use them after the workout's done, like you've done your rope pushdowns or those free motion accessory movements. I think machines add great value. A um, great way to be very specific with what you're doing. Um, we talked last time about that machine that I like that, um, like almost like, like a preacher, reverse curl. Yeah. Preacher yep. curl like thing. You just push it outwards. That one's good. Um, and if you can kind of get a roll at the bottom there, kind of twist, uh, pronate as you're coming out, I think that really, uh, is really nice there. That one's hit or miss. Cause sometimes you get the handles that kind of lock you in to yeah. like a neutral grip. The thing with the, the machines is that it's your body dimensions are so different that, um, it's hard to find one that's a perfect fit for you. So you're kind of just making do or adjusting yourself over the machine as as you can. Um, so it's tough sometimes to get the perfect fit because they're not custom made towards your body. Um, they're just there. So like Elvis can't do a lot of machines because his knee doesn't really allow him to get into place. Can I just express to you that back <laughs> in the day, my gym did not have a lying leg curl that I could actually use because your dimensions were so off. <laughs> so I did dumbbell lying leg curls. And how is that done? You hold the dumbbell with your feet. 
Okay. Yeah. I never want to do that again. Yeah, that does sound <laughs> too fun. But I, I've tried that. I think I remember back in the day I've tried that. Um, that's tough. It's not a fun time. It's Someone's got to, like, place it there. Yep. And, uh, you know, I've tried bands, too. I've done a banded one. You know, because you don't – that's, like, the one thing that's very tough to do if you don't have um, a gym with, like, a glute ham. You know, if you're not at a commercial gym, you're probably not going to have a way to do leg curls very efficiently. Uh, I mean, you can sit on, like, a yoga ball and use bands. I think bands are the best way to approach it, but not really the same deal. Very hard to recreate without an actual lying leg curl machine. And I just had to get very friendly with good mornings, so I was sick of it. Good mornings. I've been hammering good mornings. I, that's helping me a ton. My lower back, so I've avoided it for so long because it would hurt me. But I was, I was so underdeveloped there. That's been huge for me this past month or so. I Like, immense difference. Immense difference. I'm doing reps now with two plates. I couldn't have said that before. It's not good by any means, but certainly for me, I'm blowing it out the water lately on the good mornings. I'm pumped about that. Uh, kickbacks. That's the last one I want to touch on. On an incline bench, make it even more uh, effective for you. You lie on an incline bench face down, and then you're kicking back um, with your tries there. So you're fighting gravity at the extension point. Um, that one's really good. I really like that one. And then we want to finish with don't do it if it hurts. Real simply put, okay, I've so many times I've seen people doing skull crushers because I don't even know why it's programmed in or whatever. They don't say nothing. It hurts them. Um, and then they go back to doing skull crushers again. Or they, they can't handle a tricep pushdown variation or overhead extensions. And it bothers their elbows. They, their elbows are clicking and cracking and shit. But they continue to do it. It's so dumb to do that. So dumb to do that, even with your bang for your buck movements. You know, pin pressing hurts you, bothers you. Don't do it. There's so many other ways. You know, we have an athlete I'm working on right now uh, who's on our coaching program, and she has a really hard time with the dead press. And I'm telling her I think this could offer you a lot of value, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not comfortable performing this, you'll worry about her shoulder and whatnot too. And I understand that there's so many other ways to to skin the cat, so to speak. So um, you don't have to do it. All right. There's other ways to go about doing it. You don't have to force yourself into doing skull crushers because I've been doing skull crushers. That would be really dumb. And in a long-term perspective, this sport is entirely long-term. It's not about what you're doing now. It's about setting yourself up to get stronger in the moment, but think longer term. Where are you going to be four years down the road? Is your current program setting you up for success five years down the road if you continue to do this? You know, Or are you getting beat up so much now that there's no way you're going to be together in five years? You know, so you have so much rarity. Just find something doesn't hurt and just crush it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just touched on a shit ton right here. Um, and there's even more than this. Add in all these little tweaks, tricks, and whatever, and you got plentiful amount of accessory work. Thousands and thousands of ways to hit your triceps and different angles and grips and shit like that. That doing the one thing that uh, hurts you, uh, skull crushers, whatever it may be. I'm just pointing that out because that's, that's one that usually typically gives people problems. Um, you know, it would just be dumb to continue doing it. So don't do something that continues to, to hurt you. Um, but, uh, you know, I shouldn't even have to say that, but unfortunately I do sometimes. Unreal. Unreal video just ended. Oh. Our Instagram just kicked out. Damn, Hebrew Hammer out. just came in the building too. And that must be... An hour. That must be. We must be on an hour. We're pumping this podcast out. Listen, but we're wrapping up. We're we had, wrapping uh, up. We had horn join in. It's gonna, it's gonna unreal. Be weird. 
Unreal. Well, they kicked us off the IG. I'm going to kick myself off the podcast. We reached our max today, everyone. I appreciate everyone listening in. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this one. Hopefully it was just as good as the first time we filmed it. I think it was. I think we touched on everything just as good as last time. Yeah, I think we um, didn't get off track as much as we did last time either. So that... Yeah, probably got off track at some point. Usually that's the case, but you never know what you're going to get on the bench cast. Um, so... That's it, guys. That's training triceps on the bench cast. Uh, thank you for joining in and listening. If you like this, please share it with someone. If you want to go out and rate us on iTunes, greatly appreciate it. Or wherever the hell you listen to this, uh, if you want to shoot us a ranking or something, I really tremendously appreciate it. Um, and as always, feel free to reach out to me, Coach Ben at BigBenches.com. You know, I will always try to uh, go and be of and beyond if you ask for help. Um, but you know, feel free to reach out because uh, you know, doesn't, I don't have to be scary. Uh, <coughs> choking on my sushi. Um, you know, reach out, say hey, what's up? Enjoy the podcast, whatever it is. I like to hear from you guys. Um, much appreciated, and you have been listening to the, the Benchcast. Bench.